Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. Welcome to the LUA Podcast Studios. I am your host, Eric, and this is Listen Up America. So this week's episode is uh, going to be unique. I'm only going to be talking about Afghanistan. There's just no time to discuss all the other chaos that Chairman Joe has created. We'll just have to hope maybe next week there'll be better news, but don't count on it. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about Afghanistan for a few weeks, if not even more, because it is an absolute abject failure on how this entire mission is being conducted. For those that know and those that don't, on August 26th of 2021 at the Kabul airport, early in the morning, our time, there was a suicide bomber that is believed to have detonated an IED in the concrete channeled kind of walkway leading to the airport. Basically think of it like an aqueduct here in the States, concrete wall, concrete bottom. And a bad guy got in there and let off a very large explosive. I don't know if he drove in. I don't know if he walked in. I saw the explosion in comparison to C-17s and the neighborhood and the buildings. And I will tell you that I find it very unlikely that a terrorist walked in with over 100 pounds of explosive on him and no one noticed and it let off. Um, It's possible that it was already there and it was set to go off when it set to go off and there you go. There is the likelihood that it was in a vehicle. A vehicle can carry a lot. It was a huge explosion that let off a mushroom cloud fireball. Debris, parts. Thought I saw a couple bodies in that video flying through the air. We have 13 dead, 10 Marines, two soldiers, and one Navy corpsman with, I'm getting word of over 20 wounded. That means we're probably going to climb higher than 13. And of those 20 or so, massive head traumas, limbs missing. All of this was avoidable, and we'll get there. I have been saying for years, but to my audience here, because we've only been doing it since January, this mission needed to be redefined, not ended. And it's all unfolding before our eyes. Blind people could see, non-political blind people could see that what Trump was trying to accomplish, but didn't get a chance to finish, that Biden took over and just turned it into this, is a disgrace to the American military and their families. This was all avoidable, and it's not over. If you think ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Taliban, you know, they're giving them all these different names, and I'll get to that in the next segment, that uh, it's all one and the same. This is not going to be a one-off, meaning that's our prize out the door as we leave with tail between our legs. They're going to hit us again, and they're going to hit us again. And as that last couple planes are taking off, planes are taking fire now, by the way. A couple are reporting that, not all. Still got to protect their boy. 
there will be more death. And the hostage crisis that is building will make Tehran 1979 look like kids weekend. It's going to be horrible, but don't worry. We are talking and negotiating with the Taliban. I'm going to say that again. We are talking and negotiating with the people we've been at war with for 20 years on providing security around the airport, allowing people through all their checkpoints. I'll get to that later too. That's, you're going to love that story. We are talking to them about like they are a sympathetic ally. My head wants to explode over the stupidity, the flagrant ignorance to what we are dealing with. We have been at war with the Taliban for 20 years. I remind you, they declared war on us. Taliban, Al-Qaeda, the whole shebang declared it on us. We were at war before 2001 with them. We just didn't know it. We didn't want to acknowledge it. 1993, the same son of a bitch sent people over to the World Trade Center and tried to blow up the bottom. Killed a lot of people. Bill Clinton had a chance to take him out. Didn't do it. They kept fighting. They took on our embassies, blew them up, killed hundreds. We ignored it. They went and attacked the USS Cole. We ignored it. Now we're ignoring this. May 2nd, 2011. Do you all remember that day? Do you know what happened that day? Our SEAL teams went into Pakistan, found and killed Osama bin Laden. During that process, intel was gathered. You're there. That's the HQ. That's the motherland of these psychos. So they gathered all the computers, paperwork, everything they could get their hands on before they had to evac. One year later, an article was written. It was actually kind of tough to find. I found it on multiple pages, but I went to the more credible. So it was Yahoo News wrote an article on May 3rd, 2012. Bin Laden letter, kill Obama, leave, and I quote, totally unprepared Biden alone. Osama bin Laden aimed to assassinate President Barack Obama, but directed fellow Al-Qaeda fighters to leave Vice President Joe Biden alone, describing him as totally unprepared to take over and predicting a crisis in America if that happened, according to a newly declassified letter from the terrorist mastermind. In the missive, part of a trove of documents seized by the SEALs in the raid that killed bin Laden, they said it was okay to kill Obama and General David Petraeus, either in Pakistan or at the Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan. Obama made a televised speech in Bagram during his surprise visit to the war-torn country that, that same week a year later. So basically, when this article was written. They are not to target, this is a quote, visits by U.S. President Biden, Secretary of Defense Gates, Joint Chief of Staff Chairman Mullen, or the Special Envoy to Pakistan and Afghanistan, Holbrook. The groups will remain on the lookout for Obama and Petraeus. The reason... For concentrating on them is that Obama is the head of infidelity and killing him automatically will make Biden take over the presidency for the remainder of his term, as it is the norm over there. Biden is totally unprepared for the post, which will lead the U.S. into a crisis. As for Petraeus, he is a man of honor in the last year of the war, and killing him would alter the war's path. So it was, it was hard to find. I tried to share this to myself so I could read it. All of the links... You know how they're normally blue and red and yellow and stuff like that? They're gray. You click any, you want a Facebook, you want to tweet it, you want to, it will not share it now. So I had to find another way to get it to share me the link. And um, we're going to put this letter on our social media. 
but I want you to process this. 10 years ago, our country's number one enemy was calling for the assassination of the people he feared the most, and that was Obama and Petraeus. He wanted Biden in charge. And now, what do they have? They got exactly what Osama wanted. A unprepared, now dementia-ridden, clueless idiot. Remember, one person in the room said, don't kill Osama bin Laden. Don't do it. And that was Biden. He wants him alive then. They want him alive now. And you are seeing this Nostradamus prediction. He knew. We all knew. Anyone paying attention knew that Joe Biden who ran for president multiple times and never even came close out of a primary, is now the most popular president on the planet. Oh, except he's not. His approval rating, well, the day before the bombing was 41% on his handling and everything else going on in the world. Um, now you got dead Americans. Oh, I'll say it's under 40 now. If the mainstream media continues to do what it's supposed to do and has been doing, it could be the pressure to break it and it'll end him. Then we're going to get Kamala, which will be... Of course, it'll be a tragic dumpster fire. Talk about unprepared. You got two of the biggest I don't knows on the planet. Ask them a question and they'll all answer the same. They say this. I don't know. And as I've always said, and history always proves, if you don't learn from it, it will repeat itself and it will slap you in the face hard. You know, it's summertime and I was watching, uh, it was AMC. Jaws was on. Love Jaws. The original is just awesome. One of my favorite movies growing up, and uh, I just enjoy the hell out of it. And there's a speech by Richard Dreyfus when he and Chief Brody are confronting the mayor. And the mayor isn't focused on the shark and the attacks. He has a billboard behind him that's got a shark fin painted on. You all remember that? And there's a girl screaming, and there's says, um, help, shark. Somebody, gra graffiti. Vandalism. Vandalism, Brody. That is blatant vandalism. And I will not tolerate it. It's that disconnection. So Richard Dreyfuss' character is confronted by the mayor. And uh, he tells him, he's like, you're going to ignore this particular problem till it comes up and bites you in the ass. And the mayor just kind of laughs. Sound familiar? Biden and Kamala have been laughing all week when asked about Afghanistan. They literally, she cackled in Vietnam. Someone wanted to ask questions. She's like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Here comes the lie. And it was a lie. True to form. Joe Biden was in a meeting with a bunch of people. The media was let in for like three seconds. And he's like, we're going private now. You're going to go. And then you can hear the handlers hustling them out the door. And people are screaming questions. What about Afghanistan? What promises and assurances are you going to make? Will you get all the Americans out? And he smiles and laughs. It's on video. I can't play the video on the podcast because you can't see what I saw. You just have to go see it. I know a lot of you trust me. It's all out there. It's a joke. It's a joke to the mayor about the shark. It's a joke to these people about Afghanistan and terrorism. Chairman Joe has decreed the war is over, except nobody told the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, etc., etc. They, ladies and gentlemen, are still at war with you. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram page is at listen underscore up underscore America underscore. And our Facebook page is L 
L-U-A podcast all together. L-U-A podcast on Facebook. So please join the community. Tell us what you think and uh, share with all your friends and let them know how awesome we are. We spend $250 billion a year on defense. And here we are. The fate of the planet is in the hands of a bunch of retards I wouldn't trust with a potato gun. Could an intro like that be more telling or more honest? Every week, this administration creates another problem that we kind of didn't have the week before. We've got clips. We got a lot of clips. People on the mainstream media that got Chairman Joe elected. Remember, Chairman Joe did not campaign. He was the first presidential candidate in the country's history to not campaign. He didn't do anything. The mainstream media carried his water and promoted him and his campaign. They were the campaign. You go back and you read anything on the Times and the Post and the, you know all of it from ABC and NBC and CBS to CNN, all of them, they Day to day, hour to hour, Trump is evil and stupid and insane and crazy. He's going to get us killed. Two, he is the most intelligent and understanding man of foreign policy. He's one of you. He was, you know, he grew up in Pennsylvania, blah, 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 barf. Every day that went on. Well, Chairman Joe took naps and pooped himself probably every other day. Look, mama, I pooped. In a basement. Hidden from the world. And for those that actually did vote for him, because I contend there's no way in hell 80 million people voted for this clown. Right. 20 more million voted for him over Obama. Right. Sure. Because I could see how you'd be super excited about an old white guy. But for those that actually did vote for him, that bought it, that just went, you know what? Uh, Trump's, I hate him. So therefore I'm voting for the other guy. Or you just went, oh, Joe is just the best. Chairman Joe in seven months, has been erasing Trump policy. Just erase it. Nope, ain't doing that. Nope, not doing that. Nope, doing that. Not doing that. But when it comes to this, in Afghanistan, you've got him going, you know, I take full responsibility, but I must say, it's Trump's fault. He negotiated with the Taliban. Okay, I'm going to make this super easy. You can go online and look it up. It's six pages. The treaty, the agreement, for a safe withdrawal, orderly withdrawal and things like that. I don't agree with it, but you can read it. And there's things they're saying, which are lies, and there's things that are actually written down that were agreed upon that was the actual, I mean, it's the truth. That's what they said they would do. Trump hasn't been around for seven months. Seven months ago, the Afghan National Army and the U.S. military and coalition forces had no problems. The Taliban, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, nothing was a problem. If they stuck their head out, it got blown off. No Americans had been killed for 18 months. February last year, none. Because it was frankly working and we should have, like I said, should have just stayed and maintained the support force forever. Like we do in Korea and Germany and Italy and Japan and all the places I listed for you last week. You just stay. You have intelligent access. We can have feet on the ground. The CIA can actually go out there and not a fear of death because the army's right over there. The Marines are right over there. 
air powers right over there can respond. But hey, whatever. That's the thing about it. I didn't agree with Trump. Just cold turkey. We're getting the hell out. Getting out versus redefining the mission and our purpose and reminding the American people that with this transition, we haven't had anyone die in 18 months. And the plan is to maintain that, that the Afghan people will be bearing the brunt as they had been. But hey, spilled milk, right? So the mainstream media has come out this last week. I have clips from all of them. It's CNN and multiple hosts and MSNBC and ABC. And they all come out. These are the people that wanted you to vote for him and got him elected. This is what they're saying this week. Hello, I'm Jake Tapper in Washington, where the state of our union is watching a tragic foreign policy disaster unfold before our eyes. The rapid crumbling of the country has caught the Biden White House flat-footed on Saturday after pulling out almost all of the 2,500 service members there when he took office. President Biden said he would deploy more than more U.S. troops, 5,000 now total, for the limited mission of getting Americans and others fleeing safely out of Kabul. This is also, this happened under President Biden. He changed the deadline from May 1st to September 11th. So he already was able to change deadlines. Secondly, we should hold him accountable for his leadership during this time, which has frankly been an utter failure. This, what we are seeing on the ground right now, should have been done differently. And there is only one person to hold responsible, and that is President Biden. Um, Doug, let's be honest. This looks like a disaster. We're seeing these pictures right now at the airport. This remains very much a disaster. And one of the contributing factors here is when you listen to the president, he is saying things that simply uh, do not comport with the reality that we are seeing with our own eyes, that you hear uh, uh, Ian Panel describing, for instance. Uh, when he says that every American can get to that airport, there hasn't been an issue with that. Uh, that doesn't comport with the reality that you heard Ian describe. It also doesn't comport with the reality that the State Department has been uh, issuing in, in guidance that we have seen uh, uh, from the State Department to Americans uh, in Afghanistan, uh, encouraging people uh, to make the trip to the airport to be evacuated. But even in the State Department's guidance, this is a cable that went out uh, just on Wednesday, the United States government cannot ensure safe passage to the Hamid Karzai International Airport. So the State Department is telling Americans that they cannot guarantee their safe passage uh, uh, to the airport. And you heard from the president today that we don't even know how many Americans are in Afghanistan right now. So how can the president say that there isn't an issue getting Americans uh, safely to the airport? And then the other thing, David, uh, when, when the president said there have been no question from our allies, that our allies have been united on this. Um, that's not exactly correct either. I mean, we saw uh, in the last few days the, the British defense minister literally in tears, bre breaking back tears, talking about how the, the West looks weak in all of this and the fear of terrorism going forward. It kind of seemed like time and time again this week what he was describing was at odds with what we were hearing from Clarissa Ward and other reporters who were on the ground in Kabul. There's a serious disconnect between the messaging from the Biden administration, which is essentially We've got this. We have a plan. We are getting this under control. If you want to get out of Afghanistan, you can. And then what we are seeing on the ground from really brave reporters who are there, from a lot of Afghan civilians who are sharing pictures and images of the scene outside the airport where, no, you cannot get out if you want to get out. It's very difficult to still get through 
the gates of the airport, even if you have travel documents, even if you have an exit plan, it's very difficult to get through. We see again today that there is violence, chaos outside the the gates of the uh, airport. And so I think the onus is on the Biden administration to do two things. One, to actually get that situation under control. And then two, to be upfront with the American people about what's going on. They can see it with their own eyes at this point. What we're seeing right now seems to be, I mean, it's been catastrophic, I would say, for the last week. And it's striking to me that when you talk to Jake Sullivan, when you listen to President Biden, they are, in effect, saying, yeah, this is this went the way that we thought it would go, which this I is find why we should have gotten extraordinary, out. This is right. I, it, extraordinary it, it, thing. And, and look, yeah. President Biden, in his remarks on, on Friday, said three things that were demonstrably, provably untrue. Al-Qaeda is gone from Afghanistan. That's not true. We haven't been criticized by our allies. That's not true. Americans can make it to the airport without being harassed. That's not true. I mean, he seems to have lost touch with reality. And and that's a huge problem. They feel that the the rug was pulled out from under them. You hear criticism from the Brits, from Germany, from France. And that is, is really hurting American position overseas. And these cables, the, the dissent memo and these cables now from the Afghan employees at the State Department we've got in the last 24 hours are devastating. We, we have destroyed morale. I could have played another two hours of stuff like that from all different people throughout the week on all the shows. All the newspaper people have been showing up and giving their two cents and are saying the same thing. That was people from the New York Times, the Washington Post, NBC News, Andrea Mitchell. You know, these are people that campaigned and carried his water last year to get that guy elected while he took naps and poo-pooed his pants. And now they're like, I just can't believe it. What were they thinking? Ten years ago, they found a letter that Osama bin Laden wrote probably five years before that telling him, don't go after Biden. Let him live. We want that guy in charge. We know what we're going to get with that guy. He knew, I knew, 75 million Americans that actually did vote knew. Our allies know the damage that has been done in this last two months. And, and just so you understand, two months ago, the Taliban widespread invasion began prior to that. It was well underway. And in that document with Trump, it says, if you do this, if you do that, which is what they were doing, crossing the lines, taking territories. It is null and void, and I'll bomb the crap out of you. Oh, Potato Joe doesn't remind you about that in the document. He just says, Trump started it, and I decided to speed it up like eight months. And I'm just getting, and then you see, the, here's the plan. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago? I got a goddamn plan! They didn't. The mainstream media that got the guy elected just said, in a plan. If you're going to do... This, as Trump wrote down on six pages of paper with his secretary of state and the negotiators to get this all done, you evacuate and remove all U.S. citizens that want to leave. Once that is completed, you then, I guess, you're going to leave the embassy, right? Because you guys are on such great speaking terms, right? Or you evacuate the embassy. That would be next. You would destroy everything in that building, all the computers would be taken, hard drives, whatever. It's all got to go. Papers burned. All of it has to be destroyed. There can be no documentation that gives the Taliban, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, any clue on who was working with us and putting them in jeopardy if they choose to stay or if we can't get them out or whatever. 
You cannot add to the risk. Next, you get all of your military equipment, not some, all of your military equipment out, especially everything over the level of a rifle. The Taliban was at Bagram trying to fly a Blackhawk this week. There's video. They got it like two feet off the ground and it taxied down a little bit. We left Blackhawks, Humvees, the big trucks too. I don't even know what they're classified as anymore. They're just basically the anti-IED trucks. They're there. Drones, they're there. You get all that out. Once that's all out, you start pulling your troops, which are now just in Bagram, the impenetrable fortress that how we're not keeping it. Don't worry, we'll go back. We evacuate, remove, withdraw, platoon by platoon, battalion by battalion, division by division. And you hand the keys over to whoever you said you're going to give them to. And I guess as they do in Vegas, they just wash their hands, right? Change the dealer. But that didn't happen. The exact opposite of that is happening right now. It's like I said last week, they're doing this out of spite. Trump had it right. He had a plan. I disagreed with some of it. And I think a lot of us did and are probably at the moment going, I didn't really agree with that now because you've got more information. It's okay. You're never too late to jump on the train. (laughs) But when you are so obsessed with the orange man that everything that he had done in his four years that was working, that made you safe, kept your economy building, kept the immigrant population to a minimum, things were under control and getting better. COVID, you know, Fauci did his number on us with that. But that was beyond Trump. Remember, they like to go and scream, Trump didn't do anything. I want to remind you all that when that all started, all every Democrat and the mainstream media wanted to talk about was impeachment over a phone call. That, as Trump said, it was a perfect phone call. So that's what they spent their time doing when this all began. And now they're all indignant and self-righteous. <laughs> How could you? Democrats are starting to turn on their potato, on Chairman Joe. You have politicians with a D next to their name having a huge problem with this because there are veterans that have a D next to their name. I don't know why or how, but it is. And they're upset. They are confused. They have nothing but doubt in this entire process of a mission. But the question is, is Joe Biden taking responsibility for what is going on and the death of these 13 and the wounded other Americans? Is he? Do I bear responsibility? Zero responsibility. That clip was from a year ago during his campaign and when he would pop up on the media from time to time. That was on Face the Nation. Mind you all, pay attention, Trump and Biden agreed on this withdrawal. They actually agreed. Trump wanted out, Biden wanted out. Okay, Trump wanted to do it this way in six pages or else. And Biden said, We got to go, man. We got to go before 9-11. We can't wait till May. We got to go now. How are we going to do that? I don't know. Do you sense a theme? This is Osama bin Laden's choice of leader of the free world in charge. We granted his last wish. We put him in charge and you're looking at the border. I mean, I've got videos. You just don't have time for it. 
of mainstream saying the border is out of control, that we've never had this many people ever come across every month. It, the number is over 250,000 a month now. It's getting bigger. We're going to hit 300,000 and more. They're just coming, and we're like, cool. COVID's not a problem with them, just with you white guys. Biden went on Good Morning America, and I mentioned this last week, on George Stephanopoulos. And they remember, they removed over 900 words from the interview that you never got to see. That's how bad it was. And I can't believe they're not playing it now. Just crucify the man. But he's asked, and this is what he says. Back in July, you said a Taliban takeover was highly unlikely. Was the intelligence wrong, or did you downplay it? I think uh, there was no consensus. You go back and look at the intelligence reports. They said that it was more likely to be sometime by the end of the year. You didn't put a timeline out when you said it was highly unlikely. You just said flat out it's highly unlikely the Taliban would take over. Yeah. Well, the question was whether or not it, what, the idea that the Taliban would take over was premised on the notion that the, uh, somehow the 300,000 troops we had trained and equipped was going to just collapse. They were going to give up. I don't think anybody anticipated that. I don't know. Their intelligence reports, they're all coming out. The mainstream's talking about them. All your heroes out there left that you just can't wait to hear again. We're coming out with all this data and paperwork. There's paper trails of the information of this won't last a week. This was collapsing four months ago. The Taliban started coming in, in waves. And he didn't do anything. He didn't say anything. Territories on the east, gone. Territories in the north and the west, collapse. Tightening its grip as it approaches Kabul. Then he goes on and says, we're leaving. And then... You know, this is something that I think is really important, and it leads to the future, which will be the last segment. People are like, well, you know, we're trusting the Taliban, and, and we're going to get to that in a little bit, but Bagram and another base, we had two prisons on two bases. Who let them all out? And these were ISIS and Al-Qaeda guys in these prisons. Who let them out? Taliban. But you're going to tell me, and I'll remind you a little bit, that they hate each other? If they hated them, wouldn't they have, I don't know, killed them while they were in the cages? but let him out. And as soon as we left Bagram, that's when the proverbial caca hit the fan. They let out the bad guys. And then we have dead Americans just a couple of weeks later. And nobody saw this coming. Your host, obviously you guys all know, saw this coming six weeks ago. When your host told you six weeks ago that this was all going to happen. You're all seeing for the first time videos of Afghani troops high on dope trying to do jumping jacks. Have you seen it? Go to YouTube, look up Afghan troops doing jumping jacks. There's no word I can give you that can describe their lack of performing a proper jumping jack. Not even two, just one. They can't do it. Coordination, I mean, they're on dope. But literally, they, they were all on, on dope. This was documented by the CIA and the military trainers that <laughs> these people... They couldn't close an umbrella. <laughs> they just can't. But it goes to Biden comes out a week ago and just talks incoherent nonsense while the Pentagon and the Secretary of State and the State Department are saying totally different things. And then they're being questioned. I'm like, well, I think you misunderstood the president. Oh, I think you misunderstood. You got to clarify. They just playing this ping pong game of information. 
literally it's like, how much can we throw out there to confuse everybody? And they're throwing as much as they can. I mean, they are carpet bombing this planet with crap. And still, I believe to my core that the Biden administration, the people behind the curtain, thought, just blame Trump. It worked every other time. It'll work again. Except everyone's like, the dude hasn't even been around for seven, eight months. This is, the mainstream media is like, it's on him. Biden is in charge of all of this and can make any decision he wants. He can live up to, he could tear up. He could, he's done it to everything else that Trump did. So there's nothing stopping him other than I think they just thought, we'll just blame Trump. And that's blown up in their face. He comes and gives speeches. He gives us one. He was supposed to come out at 10 o'clock in the morning, the day of the bombing, and speak to the country. And nothing. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and on. Nothing. Then we get word, well, he'll be on at 5. Well, it's 5.32, and he finally comes out. And he gives a speech, and he looks confused, was probably the best way to put it. You have to watch the speech, because, again, I can play it, but it'll put you to sleep. He paused a lot. He was looking at his notes and looking down a lot. Thought some prayers kind of thing. And he took a couple of questions. Now, this is a good, interesting part. He took questions. He goes, oh, let me look at my list of questions. He did that in both press conferences, by the way. There is a pre-approved list of questions, meaning this is what you at uh NPR or the AP are going to be asking, right? And then they would ask questions, and he'd have his written answers, and he would give them. But he made a mistake. Shocker. The potato made a mistake. Because those that never get called on, like Peter Ducey of Fox News, and gets ignored throughout all of this, I guess had enough. And he just stood up and just, Mr. President, Mr. President. And Biden, this is why you don't go off script. And you can tell it was off script. He had his little notebook binder. And he kind of put it under his chin and he put his hands on it like he was hugging it and put his, and put his chin down on it and was looking down as he was making sarcastic remarks about his favorite reporter and all that. And Peter's looking around like, because he know it isn't him. This would not be a time for sarcasm and humor, but it is for Joe. Let's, let's throw some jokes in there. <laughs> 13 dead Americans, Mr. President. <laughs> he asks, you know, does he take responsibility? And, he, and he's sitting there, like I described, and he goes, yeah, but you got to remember, Trump, remember, remember? And Ducey didn't answer the question because it's not his job to answer the president. He's got questions that the president needs to answer for you. And Peter just let it out. And Biden's unscripted answers were horrible for him. For us, it was like, yep, he's lost his mind. For anyone that was even still wondering, his cheese has slid off his cracker. But he is clueless. So much so mainstream media is like, um, does he know what's going on? They literally asked that question. Starting this week on Capitol Hill about what exactly was going on at the State Department, for example. So right now things are caught in a huge bureaucracy. But you have to question, is the president insulated, isolated? On Friday, it was just almost bizarre. What he was saying just did not match the reality of what some of his other advisors were saying. What I was really struck by was the question, and you were in the room, Caitlin, when he was asked about allies, essentially uh, suggesting that allies are not um, you know, upset at the U.S. or embittered by this, and it's just not the case. So I really, I think this will be a very defining moment in the Biden presidency about what we learn is of him as president, but it seems to me he's a bit insulated or isolated 
inside the White House. And you, as soon as he said that, actually, the British Defense Secretary right. came out and he said it was a mistake. Right. He said that this is going to um, encourage al-Qaeda and other terrorist organizations to really take advantage of the situation in Afghanistan. It was not expected to be chaos when you're talking about evacuating embassy staff at the very last minute, evacuating and trying to figure out what to do with the Afghan staffers at the very last minute. That was not predicted, and that should have been handled differently. But he said the opposite the previous month. And right. I think that's the big challenge for him politically is that he has a paper trail of statements, literally, as Joe Biden would say, saying the opposite than, in fact, what happened. And I think there's no willingness on his part to acknowledge his previous statements here and sort of eat that. And I think... People expected him to do just that with Stephanopoulos in the interview. And the fact he didn't do that, I think, uh, is fairly surprising. Right, well, let's listen to one example of that right here. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. The idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. He just he cannot square what he said before with what is happening now, which happens sometimes. This is incredibly difficult. The problem is you, you want honesty and credibility exactly. from your president at this moment. Another. You know, I'm a conservative. You know what I feel and believe. And now you've got the mainstream media agreeing with me. Yeah, I'm kind of looking around for a hell to swallow me up to. <laughs> I'm just like, if you have consistent morals and values and standards, which they don't. I mean, that's why they did what they did, and now they're, you know, trying to cover their own rear ends. Again, I always tell you, your eyes and ears don't lie to you. What you see and what you're hearing, trust that more than political spin and propaganda from the mainstream media, the Pentagon, the State Department, and, of course, the White House, no matter who's in charge. Trust but verify the great Ronaldus Magnus, that'd be Ronald Reagan, said, trust but verify. And we sit here with this sideshow of a presidency doing everything on purpose to screw it up. And the mainstream can't even keep up. They can't cover for him anymore. They're sitting there going, ah, the people are watching the videos and everything. I don't have to, our, our reporters, it's funny, the foreign correspondent reporters that go out there for all the channels, are some of the best people. They don't have an agenda. They're seeing life unfold. They're seeing evil and terror unfold because it's real. And when you're at home and you're sitting watching your 85-inch big screen TV, you know, getting in your RV with your toy box in the back and hitting the river, you're totally not in the same world. And you got people in the studio who are the most recognized people in America lying to you all day long, but they can't do it anymore because Biden is a walking contradiction of bullcrap. Getting them all out. I, I mean, we got a couple clips we're going to play on it because they asked the Pentagon and Department of Defense. They ask everybody, how many are there? I don't know. Every reporter that asked a question of the Secretary of State, who's supposed to know, the Department of Defense and the Pentagon, they should know because they should be working with Owen. They don't know. The White House, nobody knows how many Americans, dual citizens or not, are there. Well, if they didn't register. Okay, if they didn't register, how many have registered? I don't know. Where are they at? I don't know. How do they get to the airport safely? I don't know. Of the 13 Americans that died, the count as of this morning before I started the podcast was nearly 200 Afghans. We're dead. They're still counting. 
they were all obviously closest to the blast and there are body parts everywhere. So the safety of the scene, it's virtually impossible. We'll never really know. But this is where the State Department should have been on top of this seven months ago when a certain chairman took over, knowing that this was going to be the deadline and we're getting out to start processing SIV visas and so forth and getting the word out that you need to make preparations to leave, uh, whether it's a moment's notice or start leaving now as it is safe because it could become, no, 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 no. They didn't do any of that. Very little. There is some documentation going, well, we did say kind of, you know, you might want to be ready. Nothing firm like, like it is right now. And was then as we're watching the Taliban just swoop right in. There's a time-lapse video of the map of all the provinces falling over like six weeks. Like, ding, 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 ding. It's like dominoes. And it's like, I don't know. Private citizens, retired special forces, retired CIA agents were gathering this week. I know of 96 retired Navy SEALs that a couple guys made calls and they got 96 to go, I'm out of here in 30 minutes. They were packed and ready to go. Had private contracted flights to go to Kabul and go get the Americans the right way. Guns hot. You got a gun. I'm going to shoot you and go in and get everybody that they needed to get. Because we all know, and they all know when the Taliban, the Al Qaeda, ISIS are confronted by weapons and Americans, they run. They don't really like to fight Navy SEALs. They don't like fighting Green Berets. They don't like fighting Rangers. They don't like fighting Marines. Nothing. Uh -uh. The State Department would not authorize any of the CIA people, and that number I heard was over 100, the 96 Navy SEALs access to Afghanistan airspace and into Kabul airport. Wouldn't let them in. Why? Well, because they'll make Biden look even stupider. They'll embarrass the generals on the ground and then the Pentagon because they're like, we got this under control. Does this look and feel like it's under control? 96 Americans that don't work for you anymore said, we'll go get them. But that would embarrass them even more. So we can't have that. So what's happening now is those 96 SEAL Special Forces combination veterans and a little over 100 CIA retired agents, they just told the State Department, screw off. So they flew into Turkmenistan and they've chartered vehicles and helicopters, everything they needed, and they're going in. I want to remind you, the American citizens that are being evacuated in Afghanistan are only in Kabul, nowhere else in that country. And these are the people that made promises on behalf of the United States government said we would do this. They literally told those interpreters, I got you. You do this, I'll take care of you. And the government just said, nah, these guys, they're different. We don't look at things like the government. We straight up say it, we mean it, and if that means we got to go back in, then we go back in. So we have non-authorized, non-government American citizens of military and, uh, you know, the CIA backgrounds going in and doing what Joe Biden won't do, what General Miley of the Joint Chiefs won't do, what the Secretary of Defense Austin Lloyd won't do, and, of course, you know, wannabe band man Secretary of State Blinken won't do. They want to stop all that 
But there's 200 Americans that we don't recognize that, and we're going to do what we got to do because we promised we would. The general that's on the ground for the 82nd Airborne sent a message. I don't know if it was phone or email, but sent a message to the commanding officer of the British Special Forces, the paratrooper guys, and said, can you not go outside and get your people? You're making us look bad. See, the French and the English gathered their little squads and went through the wall over because they knew where their people were and went and got them. Remember, they were blindsided with a, oh, we're leaving next week kind of thing. Wait, wait, what? That's why, as the mainstream media has been playing, England and France and Germany and Australia and everyone's going, what the hell are you doing all of a sudden? They didn't notify anyone. NATO had serious issues with all of this going down and weren't informed. You know, people, well, Trump's mean. He's just so callous. He's just such a, a boob that the international community just thinks we're a joke. What do you think they're thinking now? Where's the orange guy? We could really use that guy because he kind of had a chip on his shoulder. No one wanted to mess with him. But here we are. You got what you wanted and you're surprised and shocked and amazed. And every other adjective you can come up with that just explains these people mainstream going, what? Don't go in. You make us look bad. I'm going to put this in perspective. For all of us that live here in the States and around the world that can relate to a non-war zone. In America, you know, Democrats were screaming last summer, let's defund the police, defund the police, and there's still some fanatics still screaming it. So let's just say that happens and the police are pulled back. Instead of being in your neighborhood, making sure you're good and if you need me, I'm here, but they're just around the police station. You got to go to them if you need anything. But the void that is left is filled with MS-13 gang members. And they now run your neighborhood. They now tell you where to go, what to go, what you'll do and how you do it. And if they don't like you, they kill you. Does that connect with the Taliban? Kind of does, doesn't it? You let the inmates run the asylum. Literally. In both instances. The lack of understanding the situation is the least presidential thing you can have. It is the president's job. We have this monstrosity of a government that still doesn't communicate with one another. Remember, that's how 9-11, CIA, FBI, nobody was talking, the military, nobody was talking. We were going to fix that with Homeland Security. Great. For those that know me, I was totally against more government. Couldn't you just put one dude, like the Department of Defense, just like in charge of all the intelligence and that guy gets them to all coordinate? And if they don't, you fire them. But no, we have another department. More people that don't talk to one another. History just repeats itself because we're too stupid and ignorant and lazy, fat, dumb, and happy to demand change and have an expectation of your government to perform its most basic function to protect this country and its citizens. And if you're wondering if that's happening, I ask you to just open your eyes and ears, look around for the last three, four weeks, and ask yourself, was I safer with Trump in office than I am now. I got a few more clips before we get to the next segment. The Pentagon spokesman, his name is former Admiral John Kirby. If you've caught any of him on TV, he's the stuttering buffoon at the Pentagon. The short guy. Big tall general comes out, then he steps aside and a short little munchkin comes in. He's the stutterer. I mentioned earlier that you know we're working and negotiating with the Taliban. We gave a list of citizens of America and Afghanis that has 
SIV paperwork to leave Afghanistan come to us. We gave the Taliban the list of those people and what documents they would have and everything we knew. Because we're so confident that they will go, oh, okay, Abu, you're in. Bob, you're in. Mahmed, you're in. Steve, you're in. Instead of kill that guy, kill that guy, kill that guy, kill that guy. They have faith. As people are reporting, the people from CNN and ABC and NBC and CBS that are out there with their foreign correspondents that have no political agenda are just going, dude, I saw a pregnant woman get her ass kicked. They're beating anyone they feel like. And if they show paperwork, some of them have they just tear it up. That's what's happening. We gave them a list of where you can find your hostages and who you need to kill. Play a clip. Outside of that, the Taliban have set up checkpoints. We've talked about this before. And we are in daily communication with Taliban commanders about who we want to see get in and what the credentials are, what they look like, what's valid. Uh, and that, that, com- that communication happens literally every day. We have been uh, nothing but open with uh, the Taliban about uh, who we expect them to let in. Uh, again, fully recognize that it's uh, – that. Uh, that, that uh, not every step of this process is in our firm control and that there are going to be instances where uh, it doesn't work as advertised. Is the concern that while there's ongoing communication with Taliban near the airport, that there's a lot less visibility the farther you go out into the city and that's possibly where you know, there might be threats of kidnapping or there might, is that what really we're trying to avoid here? There, there's a lot, there's a whole panoply of security concerns that we have. Uh, and again, to my answer to Courtney, this is a non-combatant evacuation. That's what we're focused on. And so the idea, as the general uh, very clearly indicated in his opening statement, is to get as many people uh, out as we can, as fast as we can. Uh, and so that's what the focus is. And uh, clearly, in being able, or in trying to accomplish that mission, uh, we're, we're, we're taking in a whole wealth of information about what the security environment looks like. We, but, but our presence is there at the airport the mission is there at the airport, uh, and, that's, and that's the key focus. That is your Pentagon, ladies and gentlemen. They are giving an enemy, they openly say, we don't trust, but we're trusting them. I don't know what level of retard these people are, but they've hit a whole new one, like I said last week. For children and, and adults with learning disabilities and things like that, this ain't that. They have hijacked the word, and I'm glad. Because, you know, it was always so mean. We all accept that. That's why we don't use that anymore for for what we used to use back in the day when we referred to kids that were mentally challenged and so forth and had issues. No, no. The government is filled with legitimate retards. We just told the Taliban where to go get everybody. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not my family. What do I care? I hope it's coming across well for you all to just really kind of appreciate the level of incompetence that is happening in this day and age. You have a 78-year-old president who's going on 104, who doesn't understand what's happening or what's going on. How the 25th Amendment, the cabinet needs to initiate it. How the 25th Amendment has not been instituted, how they haven't started that process, is beyond me. This circumstances that are happening right now is not going to serve the Democrat Party, which is all they really care about, because that's their power and their money and their positioning in life. There is nothing about what's happening right now in these first seven months, and particularly these last couple of days, that serves one political Democrat any good at all. There's nothing good about any of this. In the 22 election, Congress 
when he gets to the House and the Senate, they're going to get wiped out. And wiped out like the Republicans may have a 60 or more Senate and could crack 300 in the House. People in this country are pissed off. And that ain't going away. If a Republican running for an office in Senate or Congress has any brains in it, if they're talking, but they're not talking about this kind of stuff, if they're not talking about how the border's wide open and we've turned our back on terrorism and we got dead Americans to prove it, if they don't just focus on that, don't vote for them because they're bloody idiots. You want to vote for the ones that are like, I'm going after them. If Biden doesn't resign, we impeach. This is impeachable. Legitimately impeachable. Not a phone call in my interpretation of the phone call because I don't like the orange man. That's not, and it wasn't, and it was a joke and a distraction because they wanted power. Well, they got it. They found a way to cheat the system on top of it to make sure we can't leave it up to the idiots to vote. We've got to do it for them. Just my belief that looks to happen to be fact. (laughs) It makes no sense what they're doing. They are going to get destroyed. And whether it's him or Kamala (laughs) that runs in 24, history repeats itself. In 1979, an election happens soon after the Tehran issues. Close race became a, whoa, I just got smoked. Yeah. Remember Reagan won like 47, 48 states the first time? The second time he won all but Minnesota and Washington, D.C. A landslide became... The beatdown of beatdowns. And there's no way a Democrat, no way a Democrat runs a 24 and has a chance in hell. Because it's one or the other. There will be no primary. There will just, we're going to give it to, if she's the one in charge, it'll be her. And if it's, you know, Biden is still around, (laughs) then it'll be him and it'll be smash city. Democrat turnout will be like 15 people and about 90 million Americans will come out and vote for the fill in the blank. This isn't good for them. And that's why the mainstream media is like all in line, alerting the world, the Democrats, because they run the party. But the politicians are so slow on the uptake. I mean, I got two right here. Play the clips. This effort is one that has certainly led me to believe that that the mission is not something that we can accomplish by the end of this month. And I strongly, urgently urge the president to reconsider uh, his uh, continued uh, aim towards August 31st to be able to get uh, our mission done. We will not be able to get our mission done by that time uh, based off of what I've seen and based off of what we've experienced so far. You know, the White House and the president said again yesterday, we're sticking to the August 31st deadline. We're getting out, but we're committed to getting Americans out after that date. What does September 1st look like based on what you saw yesterday? American fighting forces have left, but we still want to get Americans out. We still want to get some Afghan wartime allies out. How do we go about that? Look, here's the blunt answer, Willie. I don't know because we don't have a plan. I mean, everything that's happening right now, these extraordinary numbers of people that we're bringing out, it's because of these heroic efforts by our troops and our State Department diplomats, young consular officers trying to sort through immigration paperwork. It's because of their heroism on the ground that we're saving so many people, not because anyone in Washington gave them a plan. The first Democrat you heard was Congressman Andy Kim. The second one you heard was Democrat... Congressman Seth Moulton. 
these people are becoming a little more boisterous about their opposition to all this. The only two people I've seen that have been carrying his water is Saki, because, well, she's supposed to. I mean, she literally says, and I quote, I wouldn't describe the withdrawal as anything but a success. I'd hate to see a failure if she defines this as a success. And you got Nancy Pelosi, she's out there, and she's just like, and I'm such an admirer of his, of President Biden and his stepping up and, and getting us out and doing all the right things for the right reasons. Da 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 da, said the lady to vote for the war. It's just like, what? You're proud of this. Well, it wasn't my kid that died. We're going to wrap this segment up with a clip from the spokesman from the Pentagon, John Kirby. Just take it all in. And the mission is over. And when we are leaving, uh, the airport, uh, the airport will not 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 be uh, the United States, uh, our responsibility anymore. So how it gets managed going forward uh, will be something that um, that, uh, you know, that the, the Taliban who are now in Kabul uh, will, will have to manage them on, on their own with them. And and I, I assume with, you know, with the international community, but that won't be an American responsibility. I don't know. So we're going to wrap this episode up talking about what's to come. It's pretty clear what's going to happen. This will all repeat itself. We have learned nothing. We didn't do it the right way. We pussyfooted. We half-assed. We played games. We thought we had relationships. We thought people cared about themselves and would fight for themselves. And that's not how Afghanistan has or will work. Iraq and Afghanistan were different. And you have to understand that Iraq was controlled and run by a dictator and provided the services and, and whatnot through the... There was a society of Iraqis. I will remind you back when Obama was president, he withdrew troops, opened up the prisons in Iraq, and those people became ISIS in Iraq in about a month. And now they're in Syria. That's You remember all that, right? History, remember, oh yeah, we had to go there and then we had to go send troops back in to kill all those guys and bomb them. And then Trump had to pick up the pieces and then wipe them out. We declared it. It was basically Iraq is secure and safe. More or less, Iraq is handling Iraq's business because they're different in the sense of that world. They are not tribal. They understand communities and access to things where Afghanistan doesn't have any clue of that. But history repeats itself. We had prisons filled with the bad guys. The Taliban, who's our friend, I can't even get my head around that. We fight them for 20 years and they're our friend. Let's out all the bad guys that supposedly hate them. And, and you're saying, well, Eric, they are all different. They're not. They let out the bad guys. They're all working together. The suicide bomber got through Taliban checkpoints. Come on in, Mahmoud. Have at it. I'm going to just walk over there. Abdul, knock yourself out. I'm just going to go that way. What's under the coat? Never mind. I don't want to know. It is just moronic, the intelligence and their lack of from our government to put anything in the enemy. They are the enemy. They're the enemy. Have been, are, and they will be. We will be going back to Afghanistan. And it's all going to be dictated by when they attack, 
who they attack. That's all going to decide that. We will be going back and we're going to have to rebuild Bagram. We're going to have to do this all over again. Or the nuclear option has to be 100% considered. If America doesn't want to be there, you better get rid of the damn thing because the damn thing ain't going away. Congratulations, America. President Trump, President Obama, President Biden. You've ended the war. The war's over. Yay, let's clap and cheer. War's over. The people in the Middle East, all the terrorist organizations out there, they have a different opinion on that. They didn't surrender. They didn't quit. As I said last week, they have the patience of Job. They'll wait because they know sooner or later, American will will falter and they will step up and they will begin murdering anything they want. They'll start with their own kind of clean house. Then they'll work their way outward. And then they're going to find themselves in a position with all this new technology they got to strike outside their borders into Europe, attacking American embassies again, attacking American ships again, attacking America again. It will happen for those that are, like I said, 20 years and younger that didn't live through it. You will live through it. You will have a day where you will be terrified. You will be scared. You'll be confused. You'll be, how did this all happen? It will happen again. And it'll happen in your lifetime. There were going to be American hostages on TV in the coming weeks and months. They will be Afghani dual citizens, whatever. Remember, there are 24 kids and parents from the San Diego El Cajon School District area that went over for a Christian outreach that cannot get out. And to this moment as I'm broadcasting, are not able to get to the airport. These are people that are like ages 10, 12 and up. They will be found quite easily and made hostages. And I hear we've got leverage. Oh, we got leverage? Well, you know, their economy. Oh, their economy. Oh, let me help you with that. China's going to come in and show them how to mine the dirt and give them some money for it while they take all the material. Russia will do the same thing. Their economy is going to be funded by mining that they don't even know. What? You want dirt? Take dirt. I don't even know. what. Whatever. Give me money. Okay. The White House sits there and goes, well, we're just getting you know, economic pressure. We'll talk to them. That was another thing. We'll just talk to them. Talk to them? Right. You're going to talk to them. Their spokeshole guy just came out this week and says, there's no evidence that Osama bin Laden planned 9-11 other than Osama bin Laden said he did and his family said he did and the people close to him said he did. Oh, they're just getting warmed up. They got the president they always wanted in charge. And if you think in the next three years, they're not, they're just going to sit back and go, let's just wait and see how it goes. They are brainstorming as much as possible to get as much fear and damage. They want to embarrass this country. They want Biden to pull back even further and further with his tail between his legs, just surrendering the country. Cause that's what he'll do. That's what he's doing. In Afghanistan, we have no intelligence operatives in Afghanistan on the ground. We have none. We have no means to do it now. There are no safe spots anymore. As we say, it's pre-9-11. We said we would never go back to that. Oh, we back. We won't have a clue who, what, and where is being done or said around there. We have no allies in Afghanistan. None. I said nobody in this government of ours has resigned or fired. 
There will be hearings. Hopefully they do it sooner than later like they always do, but we'll see. But come 22 in the election, and if they're not running to make that, we're going to go, we're going to find out, and we're going to crush, we're going to fire people. We're going to impeach people, whatever we got to do. This can never happen again. We have to learn from our past so we don't repeat it. We cannot keep just do it again, do it again, do it again. Can't. Nothing changes. The enemy is emboldened. They're looking for blood. And if you're traveling overseas and you go to a hot spot like Indonesia, you decide, I think I'm going to make a trip over to Pakistan or, hey, I think I'm out hanging around in Iraq, Syria, Israel. Kenya sounds cool. Somalia. They're going to get you. And what they do to you, <laughs> you don't even want to know. But the United States' stance on negotiating with terrorists used to be we don't do that. Every administration said it, except this one, hasn't said it, and we are negotiating with terrorists on trying to get our people to the airport. Here's a list. Here, you know, you go find them. Oh, we'll go find them. Don't worry about that. We'll go find them. But before the 31st, which is this Tuesday, be a day after this podcast comes out, more American Marines, soldiers, Navy personnel, they're going to be killed. Air Force too. They pop a plane and it falls out of the sky. Well, the only one's going to be on those last couple of planes is supposed to be the military. If you don't think they are licking their chops and putting weapons in position to shoot down aircraft on the 30th and the 31st, you're nuts. What a message that sends. That is Somalia, Black Hawk down, all over again on steroids. Like I said weeks ago, they will make this an Islamic parade of bombs and explosions and killings as much as they can as we run because it's going to show us running and they're going to show themselves shooting at us and chasing us away. That'll be the message. But the next four or five days at the time I'm shooting this podcast, Americans will die. I have no doubt about that at all. And it's all on Joe Biden. It's all on Miley. It's all on Lloyd. It's all on Blinken. It's on all of them. The Pentagon, the State Department, and the White House are filled with the biggest batch of retards this country has ever seen. And this world may not recover from it like we hope. The world changed for the worse this week. And if you think it got better, you are not paying attention. And frankly, you need to put the dope down. This is not good. Our best, the ones that volunteered to join the military are going to pay a price first. And then those at home that aren't paying attention and are getting their nails done or, like I said, heading to the river in their RV and toy box to go screw around, those of us are going to, I just want to get out and go to Hawaii and have a vacation. I haven't been to Hawaii for a couple of years because of COVID and I need to be there. The reality is going to come and you're going to be the ones shocked. And I and many are trying to warn you now, do not fall asleep. You better pay attention. You better hold these people accountable because this cluster f is happening before your eyes and nobody that's in charge is taking responsibility. Osama bin Laden, before he died, had a document he wrote that I told you was gathered by the Navy SEALs, processed, and was released to the public 10 years ago. He wanted Joe Biden as the leader of this country, because he was completely unprepared. 
10 years ago. He said that fast forward and we're watching this debacle unfold in Afghanistan under his watch. He was not wrong. And that should scare the hell out of all of you. Because if your enemy knows our leadership, our political people that well, then, and you're all going, I voted for 80 million people. You need to step up your game, America. This podcast is called Listen Up America for a reason. You're not paying attention. And Americans are going to die because of it. To the servicemen and women out there, God bless you. We'll be praying for you, for your safety, that the leadership wakes up and does right by you and this country. You are our best. And unfortunately, the worst of us are running this show. And that's on us, the citizens of this country. We allowed it to happen. We just sat back on our couches, fat, dumb, and happy. We saw an election go really screwy, and we didn't do much about it. We just, well, whatever it is, it is. We're watching Afghanistan fall apart, and this world just became less safe. And none of this is your fault. But I regret to tell you all that we will be calling upon you to fix this entire mess, most likely sooner than later. And for that, I am sorry. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America. Thank you.